Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Finally got it on the show. It took a long time. Last week we kind of did it from my phone into the show. Finally got it on here. Let us know what you think. Uh, but welcome to this family. We're going to be talking about football, college, NFL, the week that was, the week that's coming up. Uh, if you were listening to us last week, I hope you faded us. And you should be fading me in the NFL because I haven't been doing good. But if you listen to me in college, you should be you should be joining me because I'm on fire in college. So right now I'm just not good at NFL. Uh, as always, uh, today Cam is on with me. Hello, Cam. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. It's hard to believe it's already week six of the NFL, but we've got some great actionable information for you all this week, and hopefully you can win some bets. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at Cameron Covers. But we've also got a new guest, uh, Paul. He's He's a good friend of mine. I've known him for years. He loves the NFL. He loves betting on the NFL. He doesn't have a Twitter. I think he has a MySpace or a Zanga. He wants you to follow him on. So, Paul, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself there? <laughs> Appreciate the intro, Cam. Uh, very happy to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on. Big NFL fan for years. Um, been pretty uh, 500 all season, so hopefully I can hit a good stretch uh, this week in week six. And welcome to the show, Paul. Uh, so last week, uh, coming out of the gates, I just had my first winning week two weeks ago. Last week, in my pick five, I won a solid one and four. Just awful. Hopefully we can bounce back this week. Otherwise, just start fading me if you're listening to this podcast because you might start making a lot of freaking money. Uh, Cam, how about you, buddy? Re- relive your last week that was and how your picks went for us. Oh, I don't want to relive it there, Boomer. I mean, I had a <laughs> I had a rough week as well. Only winner I pulled out for our listeners was the Vikings plus three. I love that pick, and they held on to win for me. And – I lost a heartbreaker with Miami, but I'm not going to cry about it because things like that just happen. And when you're betting on sports, when you're betting on the NFL, and the dog, by the way, the dogs have been killing it this year. So if you've, if you've yeah. been betting teams with uh, getting plus points, if you've been betting teams on teasers, you've been doing very well. Just a lot of chaos in the NFL. So we've got to sift through all the noise and, and find some good information that we can bet on for this week. For sure. Uh, but uh, like I said, if you listen to my college football last week, um, I think I went three and one. And my biggest pick that I told you I liked the best, I didn't give the boomer guarantee out, but I said it was super close to being a boomer guarantee. Notre Dame minus six and a half versus Fox Tech. It even went down to six. Uh, if you got in on that, Notre Dame rolled in the second half, just murdered them. So once again, two weeks in a row, my favorite bet. But. Uh, well, wow. I got I got <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, my bad. I was just going to say I got to give it to you on that pick. I'm actually a uh, Tech alumni and betting on the road in Lane Stadium. That's a massive bet. So congrats on that. They killed him with that 97-yard run. 
Yeah, I mean, minus your starting quarterback, I figured, uh, and Notre Dame rolling once since, since they changed their quarterback. They've been blowing everybody out since they changed quarterbacks. I figured uh, Vatek just didn't have the advantage they needed without their starting quarterback. Uh, had to go with Notre Dame as they keep the thing rolling, and they need to roll to get into the playoffs since they don't have a conference championship like everybody else does. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'll save my college towards the end because I actually have a lot I like, so we'll see how much time is left, and then I'll decipher which ones I'll really give out. Uh, But I do – this college weekend I think is loaded with a lot of games, with a lot of lines that are favorable. Um, But let's kick things off with the NFL as always. Cam, go ahead and start it like you normally do and break down uh, what you like and what game we're starting with here on Thursday Night Football. Sure. Week six of the NFL season, always starting on Thursday. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles, minus three on the road, at playing the New York Giants. 44 is the total. And the Giants are coming off a heartbreaker. They lost to the Panthers last week. Graham Gano, of course, hitting that massive 63-yard field goal. But the Giants' offense did, a lo- did look a little bit better, putting up 31 points. And then on the other side, the Eagles, they lose to the Vikings, 23-21. to Kirk Cousins looked good, completed 30 passes out of 37 attempts. But I have my doubts about the Eagles. I think that their big men along the offensive line and the defensive line have not been living up to how well they played last year. Their offensive line is ranked just 26th in pass protection, and they gave up three more sacks versus Minnesota. So shaky pass protection for a uh, Carson Wentz coming off an injury. And then their defensive line not getting the pressure that they – were able to get last year, propelling them to the Super Bowl, ranked just 19th in the NFL in sacks. I've got to lean with the home team. You know the home teams have been crushing it here on Thursday night, but probably not going to ta- have a have a pick on this game. Paul, let's start out with you. I know you have some information on this game that you'd like to share, so who do you like and why? Uh, i got to say I like the Giants, uh, plus three. Um, I've seen the line already move to two and a half, so I think – some money is coming in on the Giants. Uh, part of that could be because road teams are 0-4 on Thursday night this year. Um, and uh, that's something I kind of like to bet. I like to bet for the home team on Thursday night. Uh, now, yep. I know, you know, Eagles might only be traveling a little over 100 miles. But still, I think on a short week, it's tough to face a division foe. Cameron, you mentioned the pressure, the pressure that Wentz has been taking. In his three starts, he's taken 31 hits and 12 sacks. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, the Giants are one in four, but they've been in practically every single one of their games, with the exception of the Saints game where Alvin Kamara iced it late with a touchdown. The Giants uh, have not, in four of those uh, other, the other four games, they have not lost by more than seven Uh so they've been in the games. I see this as a close game, and because of that, I'm going to take the home team and the points. Um, as you mentioned, the Giants showed some life uh, last week in Carolina. Offense kind of came out and responded well to sort of the media storm that happened with some of the Odell Beckham stuff. So I think they uh, continue to – I think they find their way back in the win column. Um, I'm not taking them on the money line. I'm going to take the points, but uh, I feel pretty good about this pick. It's just so hard to back the road team on Thursday night. We talk about it every single week. As you said, Paul, they haven't covered a spread this year, road teams on Thursday night. Boomer, do you have the ball to do it? Are you going to take Philadelphia here, lane three? I am. I'm 
busting out the balls, going to throw them all, all around. All right. But Here we you know, go. I, I'm ice cold, so you might as well go against me, but I actually love the Eagles minus two and a half. They've had two shit weeks in a row. They're due for a huge bounce back. The Giants just had a great week and still lost the game. That's a morale killer for the team. Uh, OBJ is his stupid ass interview with little Wayne obviously isn't going that great in the locker room or in the clubhouse. Um, I think they got a lot of things to work on. I think that 63-yard field goal to end the game is a dagger for their season, for their morale, for everything. Uh, and the Eagles are, you know, they're both still close in the division since, uh, you know, HTTR, you know, the Redskins couldn't hold on or even <laughs> have a chance against Drew Brees in his record-setting night. Um, so that division is terrible. Everybody has a shot yet. Even though the Eagles are having a bad season, uh, I think this is where they might swing back into having a good year. Um, and bounce back for a team that was way over celebrating way too much of the Super Bowl, telling people how, how, you know, being happy and winning a Super Bowl is the way to go. And it's not the New England way isn't right. It's way too much of the clubhouse. I think they have a reality check. I think they shut up and put up here. I think they go to the Giants stadium. And I think that Wentz finally comes back to his true form and lights the Giants up. All right. Well, we will definitely see on Thursday night. Uh, as I'm looking at the board now, it looks like the betting action Fairly split between the Eagles and Giants. I think, uh, you know, Paul mentioned the line move from two and a half to three. Uh, Make sure you shop around depending on which side you like. But let's go ahead and move on. Next game we have Cardinals at the Vikings. Vikings are laying 10 at home. 43 is the total. Now, last week, Arizona's coming off a win. They won 28 to 18 versus San Francisco. But I think you have to discount the box score there. It's a little bit cheap. And Arizona benefited from a plus five turnover margin. So any team that gets five extra turnovers, they're going to win the game, like, I don't know, 80, 90% of the time, and they're sure as hell going to cover the spread. Josh Rosen wasn't that great, just 10 of 25, threw 170 yards and had one touchdown. But like I said, they benefited from the extra possession. Now, Minnesota on the other side, they took care of business in Philadelphia, got the much-needed win and cover for the Vikings backers. And, you know, looking at Kirk Cousins' season so far, I'd say the $84 million bet has been paying off. I mean, he's got 1,700 yards, 11 touchdowns, just two interceptions. So I think their offense is going to start to get going here. I love betting on Mike Zimmer teams, but I hate playing double-digit points in professional football. So I'm just going to lean with Minnesota. What do you all think? I'm going to lean with Minnesota as well. Um, however, I am going to stay away from the game just because of the double-digit uh, spread, as you mentioned. I have been in- very impressed with Cousins lately. I think he's like seventh in the league in QBR. And uh, if you take out the Buffalo game where, I don't know, maybe their offensive line went to sleep or something, Cousins has played well in practically every single one of their games. Um, so I definitely lean that way. Um it was good for Arizona to get their first win on the road last uh, last week, um, but it's hard to imagine them going into Minnesota. But, you know, as I said, if I had to lean, I would take the Vikings at home. Um, Mike Zimmer, you know, he has a very good record against the spread, uh, but just a lot of points, as we mentioned. Are either of you a believer in Josh Rosen? I mean, of all the rookie quarterbacks, where do we where do we place him? Do we think he's – do we think he's going to remain the starter there in Arizona? Boomer, have you, have you watched him on, on Sundays at all? Yeah, so I actually uh, – I, I told you about the article I wrote way back 
and the draft and everything about Darnold. And I said that uh, I think Darnold was the perfect number one pick, but I think the best QB of that whole class will end up being Josh Rosen in the future. Uh, he just has a lot of points. He throws a great ball. Um, he played on crap teams in college. And he's on a crap team in the NFL now. But if you watch, have even watched him a little bit, you can see that he's pretty impressive uh, for a rookie, how confident he is and how good he slings that ball around. I think the longer he gets in that offense and gets any kind of line blocking for him, uh, that he's just going to be great. I I said there's two QBs in this draft that have a chance that I think could be in future Hall of Famers. I think Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen are those two. Um, So, yeah, I like Rosen a lot, and I think he's only going to get better. I just yeah, worry about Steve Wilkes. With... Oh, go ahead, Paul. I was just going to say I agree with Boomer. I think uh, of the uh, four quarterbacks taken in the first ten picks, mm-hmm. uh, Rosen was my favorite. Um, I was a bit bummed that my team didn't pick him up. But, uh, yeah, I think he's kind of the most pro-style quarterback and sort of has those intangible things, moves fairly well. I know initially the concussions were sort of a worry, but – if he can stay healthy, I think he'll have the most the most successful career of the four. I was just going to say, I, I worry about the head coach, Steve Wilkes. I think he, he looks out of place. He looks like he's a bit lost and overwhelmed in the NFL game. Last week was the first time they scored over 20 points all year. So, uh, like I said, lean Vikings. But let's go ahead and move on. Next we have the Chargers at the Browns. Chargers are minus one on the road, and the total is 44 and a half. Uh, last we saw the Chargers, they beat uh, they beat Boomer's Raiders 26 to 10. <laughs> and what do you know? Caleb Sturgis, the kicker, he missed another PAT. That's the third consecutive week he's missed a PAT. He also missed a 48 yarder. And I, I don't know what's going on with the kickers this year, but I, you know I'd have to look up the stats and see how many misses they have. But it seems like week in and week out, we're seeing key kicks being missed by these guys. So I, I think that's I think that's crazy, and the Chargers have a history of of being unfortunate in that category. But for the Chargers, I think the defense has been much worse than advertised. Their ranking is 26th in the NFL with 6.2 yards per play, giving up. And then on the other side, uh, the Browns they won last week. They held on to beat Baltimore 12 to nine. Defense looked good there, and for the first time in what has to be a while, the Browns are undefeated at home. 2-0-1, they do have the tie there. And the key for me in this game has got to be the 10 a.m. body clock start for the Chargers. And so with that, I, I would have to lean Cleveland because I think it's, it's tough for these West Coast teams traveling east. But I don't have a whole lot of, um, you know, I don't really love either side. I don't love the total either. So, Boomer, why don't we start with you on this one? Do you have a lean or like? Uh, I don't actually, because I just don't know what the Browns really are. I mean, I know they squeaked out that win last week, but they didn't look impressive really doing it. I mean, they scored what 12 points in the game. Um, it's not something, and, and you know, so they're coming off a high, even though they didn't play well, they won. I usually like to go against a team the next week like that, but the Chargers also blew out the Raiders, uh, which last week I said, I thought the Raiders, if they keep it close, Chargers would miss a field goal to screw them. I mean, they missed a field goal, but it didn't matter because the Raiders sucked. Uh, they looked awful. But so, for me, I think the Chargers were a team that everybody had a lot of love for at the end of the year, uh, and they kind of started out how they normally do, not the best, but they're now now this is the time of year they start to go on a run, usually is when they start winning. Uh, usually they're like one and, you know, 
0 and 4 or something, but they're 3 and 2 this year, so I think they're they're due for a good run. I think they take down the Browns here, especially minus one. I know every Browns game has been decided by three points or less so far this uh, season, uh, but I think you definitely have to take the Chargers minus one if you're going to do anything in this game. Paul, how about you? Are you are you taking the Chargers as road shop? Yeah, I actually am taking the Chargers. I uh, have to side with Boomer on this one, and I love the over in this game, uh, over four right. and a half. Um, you know, I think I mean the Chargers have a pretty prolific offense this season, and uh, we've seen we've been able to uh, watch Baker Mayfield and the Browns put up some points as well. Uh, I figure Baker might be subject to a heavy pass rush. I know Joey Bosa's out for a bit, but I expect uh, Melvin Ingram and company to get some pressure on uh, on Baker and maybe, you know, maybe one strip sack, maybe a, a, an interception, and sometimes that sort of hopes, helps the uh, the total uh, over-wise. Um, as far as the Chargers go, I think they've looked pretty good all year. I mean, their two losses are to the Chiefs and the Rams, who we all know are undefeated. Um so, you know, to have those two losses to those teams, both on the road um, and they were in both games, I think the Chargers have been fairly impressive. Rivers has a QBR right around 80. I like their weapons. I think what they do with Keenan Allen in the slot and Melvin Gordon coming out of the backfield, that's a lot of – that's dangerous. And uh, it's a potent offense that they can create there and sort of the design um, I'm intrigued by. I agree with your point, Cam, that – West Coast teams fly in East. I'm normally not a huge fan of taking them, but and this might not mean too much to anyone, but the Chargers have shown that they can go on the road uh, East this season and uh, cover the spread, albeit against the Buffalo Bills. Um, but uh, for sort of their prolific offense and maybe Cleveland turns over the ball time or two, I like the Chargers covering minus one. I think what confuses me about this game is the line being at one, what what the markets are telling you is they think the Chargers are about four points better. And that confuses me because Browns have been taking money for the last two years. And they've been covering spreads this year too, making their backers money. Uh, They only lost by three week one against the Saints. They go ahead and beat the Jets by four points in week two. Then they cover the spread against the Raiders. And then they win outright hosting the Ravens. So, if you've been betting on the Browns, you've been winning money. And so I, I just figured that this line would be a little bit uh, uh, shaded more towards Cleveland. So we will have to see. Moving on here, next game we've got Chicago. The Bears are minus three in Miami. 41.5 is the total. Chicago's coming off a bye, so a whole bunch of extra days of preparation here. And their defensive line has been phenomenal. 18 sacks is good for the number one rated defensive line in football. And then on the other side of the field, the Dolphins go ahead and blow that 17-point lead. And I had a plus six-and-a-half ticket in my pocket, and I felt great going into halftime. And they blow the game. Moving on, though, their offensive line worries me. They have cluster injuries all across the offensive line. Left tackle, Jeremy Tunsil, he left the game with a concussion. Left guard, Josh Sutton, he left the game as well. And then Daniel Kilgore, the center. Tough to lose those centers and the chemistry they have with the quarterback. So I'm going to stay away from this game. I love taking points. I love taking home dogs in the NFL, and I think Miami is in a good spot for a bounce back here. 
because of the outlier result last week. But I'm also worried about Chicago's monster defensive line and Cleo Mack chasing Ryan Tannehill all around the field. So I'm actually going to go ahead and lean with Chicago laying three on the road. Paul, what's going on with this game? Who's going to win? I agree with you. This is a tough game to call. I'm uh, I'm staying away from it. But, but you like the Chicago say, pick. I, I was surprised by the Chicago pick, to be honest with you. Um, I yeah, know you know I was taking home dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and Chicago's been a sexy pick this year. I really like them. Obviously, bringing in Khalil Mack has done wonders for that defense. It's a really fun defense to watch. And early on in the year, I wasn't sold on Trubisky. But you know, anytime someone throws for six touchdowns, you've got to take notice. Um, and that was their most recent game. Uh, as Cameron mentioned, they had a bye. Um, they are on the road in in Miami, which is not a tough place to play. Uh, but it's certainly a game that Miami would like to have, you know. Uh, otherwise, they would have lost, they'll be losing three in a row. Um, I'm just staying away from it. I think if I had to lean one way, I would take the points in the home dog. Um, but I just don't have a strong lean either way. Boomer, I took Chicago. I know that means that you probably love Miami. Tell me why you're in love with the <laughs> Dolphins here. <laughs> Actually, for me, this is the stay away game of the weekend. Uh, you know, starting the year, game, huh? <laughs> yeah, starting the year, you know, these teams started out hotter than anybody expected. Uh, I, you know, you go with the contenders, pretenders. Is either one of these teams actually going to be con- a contender throughout the year? Or are they pretenders? I think they're both pretenders. I think the Bears are not as good as what the record states. I, I thought the same thing about the Dolphins, and they've lost two in a row. You know, they had a huge lead. Um, I just don't think that they have the scheme – or I wouldn't say the scheme because I think Adam Gase is pretty good at scheming. Uh, I, I think both don't have the quarterback play they need. I know Tannehill looks good stats-wise and stuff like that, but I think Mitchell Trubisky is a huge piece of shit. I don't care if he threw six touchdowns or not. <laughs> I think he's a total bust. Um, and so, to me, I think both these teams by the end of the year won't be anywhere near uh, – making. Won't can't say won't be anywhere near because NFC North is – um, so, but I don't think that they'll make the either team will make the playoffs, even with their hot starts. I think they're both pretenders, and I would stay away from this game because I really don't know what's going to happen. Um, the Bears' D is going to keep them in it, I think, at all times. It's, but I think Trubisky coming after that game now he's going to come and lay a normal Trubisky game where he hardly does anything, probably has a couple turnovers, and it's going to be up to the Dolphins, who, like you said, have injuries all over the place. They want to get rid of Devontae Parker because he hasn't done anything since he's been there. Besides, pretty much be a distraction. So that that this game is just complete stay away from me. I don't think I could touch this. Look, here's the way you need to bet on this game. And, and actually, so I told you I like Chicago minus three, but in the bet the board contest, they don't, uh, they, they, they always have hooks on every game because they don't want pushes. So this game is three mm-hmm. and a half, staying away in that. But here's the way to bet this game. Take the Bears on the first quarter, right? You want to take the Bears on the first quarter, it'll probably be minus one, uh, maybe minus a half a point. Reason why? Matt Nagy and those scripted plays have been absolute money. Yep. I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer in Mitch Trubisky either, but on those first and second series, they score touchdowns. Chicago is averaging seven points in the first quarter. That's good for six in the NFL. And meanwhile, Miami is averaging just 1.4 points in the first quarter. So this has seven to zero, 10 to three written all over it after the first quarter. That's how you want to bet this game. 
Any other thoughts, or are we moving on? I'm good to move on. I do, I, although I do appreciate that first quarter pick for sure. Well noted. <laughs> yep, Chicago in the first quarter and Seattle in the second half. Those are the two teams you want to get cute with. But okay. all right, we're moving on. We're rolling here in the NFL. Next game is Carolina minus one. They're playing in Washington. Forty-four and a half is the total. Oh, the Redskins. I took them last week, and I loved the line value. I thought plus six and a half against the Saints with the league's worst defense was a fantastic pick and had to light that ticket on fire, courtesy of Alex Smith. But Carolina, they're coming off a win against the Giants, and I think their front seven has been good all year. Cam Newton making plays out of the pocket, you know that's going to be there. I like Carolina plus one excuse me, minus one. And I think this is a good game to actually look at a teaser. And you could either take Washington up to plus seven or Carolina down to uh, plus five. Either way, I think is a good bet because I think it's going to be a close game here. Carolina, of course, doesn't have to travel very far to play the Redskins. And you also want to look at the series between these two teams. Carolina, they've won the last five. I like the Panthers here. Boomer, you got any action on this game? Yeah, I actually love the Panthers as well uh, a lot. I have plus one for the Panthers. Redskins minus one. Uh, right, but yeah, I love it looks the, like it's flipping back and forth. Yeah, I I love the Panthers here. Uh, I think that they're I think they're a really solid team. They're finally figuring out how to use McAfee correctly. Cam's like I said last week, finally having a good year again at, since his MVP year. Uh, their defense is solid. Uh, you know, Keekley hasn't been hurt yet. You know. Thank God, but uh, they just have a great defense. They have a great right now, a great offense. They're kind of rolling. Redskins. I don't know what happened in that game besides Drew Brees breaking records, but it almost looked like they were like not even trying. Um, Alex Smith though has been doing this where he bounces back and then he wins after that. Uh, so it's kind of scary for the Panthers, but I just think that the Panthers have to keep rolling because that division is is tight with them and the Saints. And so I think Panthers easily plus one. Let me let me say one more thing on the Redskins, and then I'll let Paul jump in. I think there's some locker room drama here, and I, I'm really trying hard not to overreact to last week's loss. But reading some of the local newspapers and hearing what the Redskins guys have to say, like Chris Cooley and D. Hall, Adrian Peterson, he was interviewed last week, and he's talking about how he wants to go to Minnesota and play football. He had just six yards on four carries last week. You've got Josh Norman – I just read this this morning. Incredible. He spent the bye week producing a show in Hollywood, right? <laughs> I understand that these guys have personal lives and they deserve a time, you know, some time off during the bye, but you're not going to spend any of it working on football. Your team is still in the division. They could still catch up. I thought that was absolutely, absolutely crazy. With that being said, Paul, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I'm not picking this game. I was on the Redskins last week, and I really hated myself for that pick. Um, part of me was thinking they would bounce back, but now that you've said those uh, little tidbits about the locker room drama, I feel less confident about them. Um, I, do, I do like Carolina as well. I mean, as Boomer mentioned, C- Christian McCaffrey has been an X factor, especially in his second year. Um, that's def- That's always a legit defense, although... You know, they did give up some points and uh, some big yardage to Odell and Saquon and company. Um, the Redskins are not a great team at home. Um, and with this small spread, 
I would probably lean the Panthers. Um, but I'm just going to stay away. I don't know. I, the Redskins, I just feel like they wronged me, and I want to distance myself as much as possible from a game they're playing in, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, look, I think that's the responsible thing to do here. So just stay away from the game, and, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All I'll right. see another week from them figure out a little more. Yeah, just give it some time, and then <laughs> time heals all wounds. All right. Yeah. Next game, we've got the Colts at the Jets. Jets are minus two and a half at home. Forty-five is the total, and the Colts dropped to one and three on the year, losing on Thursday Night Football to the Patriots. Now, me personally, I'm I'm sort of discounting that loss because I think it was an all-time horrible spot for the Colts. They had injuries all over both sides of the ball. New England was off of two consecutive losses. You know they never lose three in a row, and I thought Indy should have treated it as a buy, rest some key players, and they go ahead and lose. Then on the Jets, they beat the Broncos last week, and that was on the back of Isaiah Crowell. Guy, the guy went off, 15 carries for 219 yards and a score, and then their third down running back, Belil Powell, he threw in another 99 yards, so they were just trampling all over the Broncos, and so... Here we are, number at two and a half, typically, um, you know, right around that key number, it, it, things get kind of cute with the pro betters coming in and playing back with the plus three and then moving the line around. I like the Colts. I, I think that they're a much better team than the record shows. I think they've had a tough schedule so far. And so I think they can go into New York and beat an inferior Jets team with a rookie quarterback in Sam Darnold who's been – turning the ball over at, at, at an alarming rate. So I think Indy getting plus two and a half, getting extra possessions with the Darnold turnovers, I like the pick. Paul, are you, are you betting on this game? I'm also not betting on this game, although I do agree that I would lean the Colts. I think they are better than the record shows. You know, it was not – they had the, uh, the heartbreaker in, in Indy against Houston. Um, we all know what happened there where – they they really could have had that game in overtime, but ended up uh, losing it on a last-second field goal. And then, you know, short week, you go to New England. That's always tough. Um, I have been very confused by the Jets all year. I was shocked, honestly, that they were able to demolish the Broncos the way they did. But anytime you run for 300 yards, you're going to win that game. Um, I do expect just the Colts to sort of get back in the win column. They have their one win did come on the road against the skins where they were, I think plus six. And I'm sort of expecting the same thing where they just kind of get away from all the noise, um, head to New York and uh, hopefully cover two and a half. I'm going to lean that way, but I'm not going to pick the game. All right. Two leans towards Indianapolis. Boomer, are we going to make it three? Yep, I absolutely love Indianapolis. Here we go. (laughs) Sound the alarm. (laughs) Yep, Um, I I do. I love Indianapolis. Um, The Jets just had a huge game uh, that, you know, they probably shouldn't have won by as much. as. I mean, they're not that much better of a team than Denver is what I'm trying to say. Not saying they shouldn't have won by as much, but they're not that much better than Denver. And they came out, they left it all on the field. Always love to bet against those people the next week. Um, Colts coming to town. Colts are a very good team. They've just had some really tough matchups already early in the year. Uh, I think they're going to start 
pulled it together and go on a little bit of a run. Andrew Luck has looked spectacular coming back up with the shoulder surgery. Uh, I also have to go with this because Colin Cowherd is absolutely on fire in his bets, and he's putting $4,000 on the Colts. He started off with 1000 had uh, the game Baker Mayfield came in, and he won that, and then he rolled over thousand dollars and bet it again against and bet on the Raiders against May, Mayfield won that then last week he put all two thousand dollars on the Jets versus the Broncos won that now he's putting all four thousand on the Colts versus the Jets love the Colts got it I think luck might just actually ha- finally have a smooth winning where he doesn't have to panic and throw for a million yards at the end of the game to win it. I think they might have a comfortable win. Finally, uh, the jets just had a huge, uh, you know, win. So they're coming back to reality this week. I think you almost have to go with the Colts. Yeah. And I talked about this before, when we did our season preview back in the summer. Remember when Andrew looks healthy, the Colts won 11 games, three seasons in a row. So this is a very, uh, this is a Colts team with a very high ceiling. And as you said, Andrew Luck's off to a great start. 12 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's played well when he's not getting chased around outside of the pocket and he has time to find his guys and T.Y. Hilton catching the ball. The Colts definitely can put up some points. So let's go ahead and move on. Next we have Steelers at the Bengals. Nice NFC North matchup. Bengals are minus two and a half at home. I don't understand this line at all. You guys know how I like to fade the public opinion and the public teams like Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh in this spot. I'm so shocked by this line. It's telling you that Cincinnati is just half a point inferior to Pittsburgh. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think the markets haven't caught on to Pittsburgh's um, uh, you know, production on offense. The Steelers have outscored their opponents this year. They have the fourth best defensive line in the NFL James Conner is running the ball like Le'Veon Bell never left. Last week, 110 yards and two touchdowns. I really like Pittsburgh here. Now, on Seattle's side of the ball, they rallied back to beat Miami. But I think that box score was a little bit cheap. Again, they had two defensive touchdowns. Those are luck. Those are random. They don't happen every single week. They usually don't on a weekly basis. So I think people are looking at that last week's result with Cincinnati, and they're counting their – they're winning tickets with Cincinnati, who has been covering a lot. For me also, I've been betting on Cincinnati. But that being said, I think Pittsburgh is definitely going to win this game. Last point on Pittsburgh, last 10 games between these two, Pittsburgh's 9-1 and one straight up. They've covered seven games. Absolute money. Wow. Well, go ahead, Paul. What do you think? Am I crazy? Am I am – I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, no, I understand just, that you I know, Pittsburgh looked like, you know, looked like the end of the world in Pittsburgh, and they had all the drama and the game against the Browns. But, you know, I think the market is simply undervaluing um, a, a good Pittsburgh team with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Sure, and definitely a lot was made out of a, a lot was made out of the locker room troubles, and that Le'Veon situation has just been. You know, the media is not going to stop covering that until it gets resolved and into the off season and everything. So that's, you know, the media likes to say it's a big distraction. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Then on top of it, you have some of the Antonio Brown stuff. But suddenly I'm not talking about football, so I'll cut that. Uh, so I, I think with Cincinnati at home, and I actually got faith in Andy Dalton this year, I would lean uh, – 
I would take Cincinnati. I think AJ Green, AJ Andy Dalton, they've been linking up well this season. Uh, I like. I think they get Vontez Perfect bad on the Vontez Perfect back on the defensive side of the ball. And you know, while he might be uh, not the most liked guy in the NFL, he is kind of an X factor for that defense. Big does a lot for the team as well. Um, and uh, I think I'd have to take the Bengals at home. My initial reaction was once you said that the Steelers had won the last nine, didn't make me feel great about that, but. I think there's a different swagger going on in uh, Cincinnati this year as they look to get to five and one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Cincinnati. All right. Well, we're split on it, but you know, like I said, you have to be careful with with these with these win loss stats in the NFL because the sample size is so small. But to me, nine and one. I mean, that's domination when you play a team twice every year, one home, one road, and you win nine of them of the last ten. Boomer. Are you buying this? I mean, is is there something to this Pittsburgh dominance whenever they play the, the Bengals? I think Pittsburgh is definitely in the Bengals' head. You saw it when the Bengals should have won the playoff game a couple of years ago, and they completely self-destructed to make sure that Pittsburgh moved on when Pittsburgh shouldn't have and didn't deserve to, uh, but the Bengals just went and handed it to them. Um, but for me, on this game, I think the Bengals are a decent team. I think the Steelers are a good team. The Steelers just come off a huge win. The Bengals come off a win they should have actually had. Uh, my my question is, is what Steelers defense is going to show up? Is it the same one that shut down the Falcons, or is it the same one the rest of the year has just been giving up points like crazy? Uh, so, for me, this is another stay-away game just because I don't know for sure what team for either – either one of them is actually going to show up. Is it going to be the Bengals of the first half against Miami, or is it going to be the Bengals that lucked out and got crazy bounces uh, to their defense and, and to score? But, you know, since their offense didn't really put up any points, that's usually probably a rebound week this week where they will put up points. But, you know, Pittsburgh put up tons of points. Too, so I would probably say because I would go with the Steelers, because uh, like you said, they're nine and one in their past 10 in the series. And, I just think them as dogs, it helps, but I don't think that I'll even touch this game. Um, the over-under is high, so I think they're expecting a shot as well. And, you know, that's something else in the NFL this year. They're, I've never seen so many high over-unders in the NFL. You can't make offenses, the total high enough. Yeah, the offenses this year, I mean, the rules and stuff are just making it into college football, really. Like, that's what it is. This this kind of scoring would have never happened in the past, but now it's it's just the way that it is, and it's what you got to get adjusted to, and it looks like the Lions are starting to get adjusted to it. Well, look, I, I think the Steelers are, and I don't think this is very controversial, I think the Steelers are one of the most emotional teams in football. And they, they just they ride this roller coaster week in and week out, and you always have to be looking to bet on what kind of motivation they're going to be having. But they find themselves here in the AFC just one game back from the Patriots. And I, I have to think that their mindset now is, is definitely that they can get back into the playoffs. So that's, that's factoring into my life for, for Pittsburgh here. But let's move on. Next game we have Buccaneers at the Falcons. And the Falcons are three and a half at home. Fifty-seven and a half is the total. Boomer, you mentioned the high totals. You just can't make them high enough. And with a total nearing sixty, you know this shocked me. Money is coming in on the over, so this might even move up to fifty-eight or fifty-eight and a half. And I think it might be right. I agree with the move. Two horrible defenses. 
and two offenses that can put up points in bunches. Now, Tampa Bay is off a bye, and last time they played, they shellacked the Bears. They had a hard time running the ball against Tampa Bay. Now, the key here is Jameis Winston. Fitzmagic is done. Jameis Winston is going to get the start, and we'll see if he can put the distractions behind him. I don't have a great feel for this because I'm just, I'm not totally sure how focused Winston can be or how much rapport he's going to have with the receivers there. And Atlanta is a confusing team too. I mean, they, they were dismantled in Pittsburgh, a game that I had an Atlanta ticket in my pocket and felt pretty confident about, but their secondary is still decimated by injuries. So like I said, I honestly, you know, I, I don't like play, playing a lot of totals in the NFL, but I think over is the right side in this game. How crazy is that with 57 and a half the total, Boomer? I think you're you're really crazy because the thing is, is the Buccaneers with Fitzmagic was putting up points. Since Jameis has come in, we don't know what they're really going to be. I, I think that Jameis – uh, was, I thought he would be was going to be a good quarterback coming in, um, but he seems to just be a turnover machine and, and just makes really really stupid mistakes. Uh, his junior year uh, or sophomore year, whatever year it was, he won the Heisman and won the national championship. He was unbelievable. And then his next year coming back, he started turning over all the time at Florida State, and it really hasn't stopped. In the NFL, he keeps doing it. I don't know how many points they're actually going to score. I actually like the Falcons here. I don't see how anyway, how they can fall to one and five. Um, I actually like the Falcons minus three. I get Tampa Bay's coming off a bye, but I, I don't think Dirk Cutter is that good of a coach. I think they should have stuck with uh, Fitzgerald or Fitz, Fitzmagic and uh, Fitzpatrick and not even given Jameis a start yet, especially because he just came back from a bye. So, he, yeah, like you said, he, even, he wasn't able to practice with the team. I think they should have waited till at least after the bye week now, like now, so he could have done something. But I think they put him in too early. I think now Jameis is kind of reeling because of it, uh, knowing that he needs to do something because they started off great, and now that he's there, they're not playing well. Uh, but for me, I'd have to go with the Falcons. That over-under, if anything, I, I honestly think I might take the under because I don't know what Jameis is going to do, but I, I actually am just going to go with the Falcons. Well, look, with, the, with Jameis Winston coming back in, I, I think the idea with this team is, Hey, if I'm Jameis Winston, I'm thinking I've got to put the team on my back. I've got to get us back in the win column. We know Winston has a propensity for turning the ball over anyways, making some questionable throws into double, sometimes triple coverage. Those often, those turnovers often result in short fields and more scoring. So again, I'm going to, I'm going to defend my pick on the over and I'm not sure if I'm going to mm-hmm. put some money on this, but I, I think if I had to pick a side, it would be over 57 and a half. Paul, how crazy am I? I think that's an incredibly high over, to be honest. Um, I kind of agree with Boomer. There's a lot of uncertainty in what uh, Jameis Winston's going to deliver this Sunday. Um, because of that, I, if I had to make a, a pick on the total, I would also go under. I just, I feel like sometimes when I watch Jameis Winston, he just makes these erratic throws. He hangs onto the ball for a while. He gets a lot of pressure. Um, so that's kind of why I see the over as a wild pick. However, you know, we know the Falcons can put up points. Uh, you mentioned there's injuries on the defensive side. So it could turn out to be a shootout. Um, but if I were going to make a play on the game, I'm going to go, I'm going to lean Falcons. I'm just going to really say they got to get back on track. They're at home. I'm kind of chalking it up to Matt Ryan being at home um, and hopefully just putting their season in the right direction. I mean, 
what we saw in Pittsburgh I don't think is the real team. Um, I really don't see how they're one and four. I mean, some people had them as their Super Bowl pick. Um, now, you can't predict the injuries that they've suffered. But, uh, yeah, I would I would take Falcons minus three and a half um, just because of some of the uncertainty in Jameis Winston. And I don't trust him when he is completely healthy and uh, when there aren't as many distractions such as a suspension. All right, fair enough. Man, we've had a lot of good picks so far. We're rolling through these games here and got a couple more left. So let's head out west. Let's go to the Seahawks at the Raiders. Seahawks are laying two and a half on the road. Excuse me, they're laying three now. Money's come in on the Seahawks. And the total is 48. Now, last we saw the Raiders, they lose in L.A. They looked horrible. And Seattle narrowly lost uh, to the Rams, McVay and company. But they did cover the spread, seven and a half point dogs at home. And story here for me is Khalil Mack. That trade is looking stupider and stupider every week. And the Raiders have one of the worst defensive lines in football, no kidding, just six sacks, last in the NFL. And Chicago, the team they sent their best player to, up to number one in the league in defensive line pressure, Uh, best in the league in in sacks as well. So pretty simple game for me here. I don't have a like in it, but i got to lean Seattle because I think they're the much better team. And I, I think they're still motivated at two and three. They still have a chance of making the playoffs, and I think Oakland's season is done. Boomer, you're the big Raiders fan here on the show, so why don't you kick off the rest of the breakdown? Well, I think you're crazy if you think the Raiders' season, they think that it's done because they got oh, Seattle. Oh, come who on. I, they, uh, for real, they got Seattle, who I think is Come terrible. on. Then they got the Cardinals, who aren't very good. I mean, terrible. if you win these next – I think Seahawks are awful. I don't. They put together their best game that they're going to play oh, all year last weekend against God. against the Rams. Uh, they're not going to do it again. Their their offensive line is awful. I get the Raiders' defensive line isn't very good, um, but that offensive line is so bad. There's no way two weeks in a row they're going to play that good. Their defense isn't very good, especially for a Raiders team that likes to throw a lot. I know the I know that the I mean the Rams. I get they didn't cover the spread, but they were going up and down on that defense all game long. Uh, it's just the fact that their defense couldn't stop Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I don't think that their offense clicks that good again this week. Um, so for me, I think the Raiders over across the pond in London take down Seattle. Uh, I think Seattle, I just don't think they're a good team. And I think Pete Carroll is, I don't know if he's going to come back or not. I think he, this is his last year. Or maybe he has one year left. on. I think this is his last year, but either way, I think the Raiders, um, had such a bad week that, like I said, when people have such a bad week like that, I like going bounce back. It's not just because it's the Raiders. I said that earlier. When you when you play that bad, you normally the next week you come back and win. Um, so for me, I like the Raiders across the pond. They, for some reason, always play kind of good on these long road trips like they did in Mexico. Um, so I kind of like the Raiders here plus three. Boomer, the the Raiders' only win on the year was an overtime win against the Browns. I Come on, what is yeah, the case but they for were, them being they were better than in the Seattle? Of every other game besides besides San Diego, so don't act like they're just getting blown out here. I mean, I can cherry pick the Buccaneers were leading at the four minute mark in the first quarter of two of the three games. And first on quarter, come on, come on. Than the whole third quarter, all the way through the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough, Paul. Go ahead and separate us. Take us, take yeah. us away with the rest of your breakdown here. 
I got to go head-to-head with Boomer here. I'm going to go Seattle minus three uh, in London. I think I think Russell Wilson has a big day against the Raiders. Um, you guys have talked about the defensive line there, and the Raiders are just giving up a ton of points. Uh, they're, I think, near the bottom, 30th or so in scoring defense. I know Seattle's not the best uh, defensive team these days with the Legion of Boom long behind, um, but I just see it as, the Raiders have opened well, but unfortunately they've just kind of had some fourth-quarter woes um, in a few of those games, and I just see Seattle pulling this one out. Um, it, it will be close, uh, but, you know, maybe maybe four points to a touchdown, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Seattle here. All right, and just looking at the results from the previous London games, it looks like the Raiders have played – once in 2014, they played the Lions, and the Lions got the win, and the over was the right side in that game. Any other thoughts on this one before we move up? Move out. Boomer, do you want to go ahead and, and, and take back that pick of yours and, and jump on the winning side nope. with me and Paul? The water's no, warm. Jump on in. You don't. You know what's going to happen is everybody everybody's going to pick the Seahawks in this game, and that's when the other team always wins. Uh, I get the Raiders' defense is really bad. Their defensive tackling looks like a Big 12 defense. It's awful. I don't know how you could be that bad and be a professional athlete, but I think their offense rolls this week, and I, I just think that the Seahawks' offensive line is so freaking bad that they won't be able to they won't be able to move the ball two consecutive weeks in a row. All right, let's move on. Next we have Buffalo at Houston. Houston is minus 9.5. 41 is the total. Paul, you're the resident Buffalo expert. Why don't you kick it off here? All right, well, I am absolutely baffled by this line, to be honest with everyone. I mean, two two and three teams going to -to head-to-head, and one of them is favored by 9.5. I just don't get it. Houston's two wins are coming against Frank Reich and Jason Garrett both of which in overtime, <laughs> both of which could have gone either way. I just do not get it. And believe me, I am critical of the Bills. We have the worst <laughs> offense in the league. Josh Allen, it's not all on him, but he has not looked great. We're not asking him to do a whole bunch. He's not getting a ton of help. Kelvin Benjamin looks like he's wearing oven mitts out there. He can't haul anything in. Um, <laughs> but I'm just... I'm just absolutely taking the points here. Here's my issue with it. If the over is 41 and a half, Houston's minus nine and a half. I mean, that's just, you're, you're already getting a low scoring game. 25% there. of think, the points there. <laughs> right. I think Buffalo covers. I, I don't think they'll win, but I don't, I'm just, I'm just so baffled. I mean, the one thing that Buffalo has done well is created turnovers. Their defense gets to the passer since Sean McDermott has taken over the play calling from Leslie Frazier they're getting pressure on the quarterback. Even against Aaron Rodgers, I thought they played pretty well. Um, granted, we didn't score any points, but that's not the defense's fault. So um, I think, I, you know, they got pressure on Cousins. They got pressure on Rodgers. They made Mariota look pretty pedestrian. I think they do the same to Deshaun Watson. I think they lose maybe 20 to 16. I would take the Bills and the points here. I think this is one of the most egregious lines on the whole board. I agree. I, I think this is a lot of uh, betters looking at the stats for Houston, and they've moved the ball quite well. But they don't punch it in for six points when they get to the red zone, and Bill O'Brien, the coach, makes critical mistakes. 
really on every single drive. I mean, the, the guy, for my money, is going to be the first to be fired if Houston plays out the rest of the season like I expect. Paul, I totally agree. I think total 41, we're expecting a very low-scoring, ugly game. You always want to look to take points, especially when you're getting nearly 10. For me, I think the move here is to take Buffalo in a teaser, move them up to 15 and a half. And I, I, I just I see them coming within 15 points so often here. I think Buffalo is a, is a great bet. So I like Buffalo. Paul likes Buffalo. I, I'm sure Boomer wagered the most money he's ever wagered on Houston. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so for, Go ahead, for me, the, the line's all the way up to 10. Um, yep. I, I still don't know what I like about this game. At, uh, I think, if anything, I like the over. Um, just because Texans, their defense should be awesome, but it hasn't been, and I don't get why. Uh, and 41 is a very low number, and their offense is really good. So I think it could end up being a pretty well-scoring game. Uh, 41 is so low, I think I'd have to take the over in this. Um, you think the Texans are going to end up not being well throughout the year. I think they're going to start getting on a roll. I think they're going to be all right. I, I just think that you are right, though. Bill O'Brien makes a lot of stupid errors, like right before half, you know, an inch to the end zone, and they're, oh my you know, God. dropping back six yards and then running Deshaun Watson straight into linebackers. Oh. Like, I don't know what he's doing there. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of scoring. I would say I would take both the over and the Bills plus 10 just because Houston hasn't shown that they can separate from anybody yet because, like I said, that defense is supposed to be good, but it hasn't been. Um, but for me, I'd probably take both the Bills and the over, so all three of us on the Bills there. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's all I got on that. All right, well, all three of us on the Bills, do we get that Do we get that siren? The yep. best bet noise? There. There it is. Let's go. <laughs> Circle in the wagons. <laughs> All right, a triple like on Buffalo. Let's if let's, let's move on. One more. Oh, sure. Let's point out one more point on sure. Houston. Just take this for what it's worth. They did lose to a Blaine Gabbert-led Titans team, so yeah. maybe Josh Allen <laughs> yeah. isn't too far behind. Sure. Sure. A lot. A lot. Uh, expect the unexpected in the NFL. That's what we've learned so far. Mm-hmm. Next, we have the Rams laying seven in Denver. Huge total here, 52-and-a-half. It seems like we're seeing totals over 50 all across the board week in and week out. I've got a very simple handicap on this game. For me, the Rams were in Seattle last week laying seven. They won but did not cover. And now the Rams are in Denver, another team with a fantastic home field advantage. The Rams are laying seven. I think they're going to win but not cover. I'm going the other way. I'm taking the touchdown with Denver in mile high. This is a clear pros versus Joe's game. Almost all of the money is on Denver, but 80% of the tickets are on LA. So that is telling you that, you know, the casual bettors, the guys wearing fanny packs, the fans, they're all betting on LA because they're winning every single week. And McVay and Goff look fantastic. I'm going to roll with the sharp money and take Denver plus seven. I like Denver as well. Definitely leaning that way. Um, probably staying away, but I'm, I really like the home dog here. Um, I think I was really surprised with how they performed in the Meadowlands, as I pointed out, but I think they go back home and uh, they run the ball well with the kind of their backfield with Lindsay and company, and I think they find a way to keep this game close. Um, 
I don't really have a lean on the over-under. I haven't seen Denver put up a ton of points, but uh, I think they find a way to keep it close with L.A., even though Gurley and Goff and company, Robert Woods, so many weapons there. They haven't looked stoppable, but uh, maybe a four-point game here. So I would, I'm would, i with the sharp money as well. Boomer, are you with the sharp money or the square money? Uh, for me, I, I don't know what to do in this game. Actually, I don't know what I'm going to pick. Um the Rams have covered every game but but last week, this season. Uh, they're just an unbelievable team, but their secondary is kind of injured. They didn't look good last week, so I have a feeling they're going to end up looking good this week. Um, so for the sake of it, just to go against you two, I'd take the Rams minus six and a half. Oh. Just because <laughs> the, they're going to be running into the heart of the defense, uh, and Case Keenum isn't very good quarterback uh, to light up that secondary. Um, I, I think it's going to actually be a low scoring game, uh, that 50, I, I think that's the only way Broncos can stay in. I say, I think it, if I actually like anything, I like the under 52 and a half. Um, that's what I would go with on this. Um, is there, I, I, I actually agree with the under there, Boomer. I, I think that's a sharp play. Here's the other thing we didn't mention. And this is huge Rams wideouts who have been very good this year. Cooper cup, Brandon cooks, they both missed practice today. And they're questionable to start on Sunday, so definitely keep an eye on that. And then Greg Zerline, the kicker, don't don't undervalue, you know, how much these guys matter to their teams. We talked about how often, you know, PATs are being missed and, and chip shot field goals are being missed. So with those injuries, if I can confirm that they're not going to play, I definitely like the under. Paul, any opinion on the total? Uh, I'd have to lean under as well. Um you know, we all know what Greg Zerline's about. I think he has the nickname Legatron, so that's big. In fact, I think they may have had their uh, – they were either going for two a couple weeks ago or may have had their punter taken PAT, so that's definitely an interesting storyline to watch. I know the Rams don't have a great defense, but do you guys see Denver putting up points against them? Because if not, then the under's definitely a sharp play. Um, I'm not totally sure. I'm, I'm not totally sold on Case Keenum. I think his, his yardage often comes in garbage time. And, you know, we saw it last week for the, versus the Jets. So I, I'm, I'm not a fan of their offense particularly. I think if Denver wants to be successful, they have to feature the running game with Lindley, as you mentioned. So that's also good for the under. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move on. We've got about four games left. Next, we have Jaguars at the Cowboys. Cowboys are plus three at home. Forty and a half is the total. Now, the Jaguars, to me, they've been a roller coaster, flip-flopping wins and losses all year. Last week, we saw bad Blake Bortles. He was awful in their loss to Kansas City, throwing four interceptions. He threw that horrible interception to the, to the lineman who was right in front of him. But the Jags' defense did pick off Mahomes a couple of times and was able to slow down Casey's prolific offense. Now, for me, this is all about the Jags' defense. I think they can suffocate Dallas. Dallas has an abysmal offense, ranking 30th uh, or worse in many offensive categories. In fact, they're scoring just 16.5 points per game. That's just not good enough to get it done in today's NFL. It really isn't. They're only outscoring teams like Arizona and Buffalo, so that's bad company to be in. You know I hate laying points on the road, but I think if there's a team that can go into Dallas and uh, you know hold their, hold their offense under 20 points or so, I think Blake Bortles, if he gets back to the basics, 
gets back to checking the ball down and they get that running game going. I like the Jaguars to win and cover on the road lane three. So what do you think there, Paul? Yeah, I'm definitely agreeing with you. I like the Jags as well. I really have kind of hated Dallas this year as far as hated. Uh, betting on them. I just have not been on the right side of them all year. Um, they blew me away when they beat the Giants. And then was kind of disappointed. I should have had them at three and a half last week, but I went along the money line. You know, whatever. That's just complaining. But I I really <laughs> agree with you. I think uh, as far as their defensive line, the uh, the Jags' defensive line hasn't been as uh, aggressive as I thought it would be. I haven't heard Marcel Darius's name a ton. Um, but I really think Dak is just not the answer there. This is a big year for them as far as, deciding if Dak is the guy or if you look at someone in the draft. They're going to have to rely heavily on uh, Ezekiel Elliott, but they just haven't been able to get the ball far down the field, and uh, I expect the Jags to be well game-planned for it and you know just get to Dak, create some turnovers, and hopefully Bortles bounces back. Uh, we'll see. It was, impo- it was odd to see him have a dud against Kansas City, who was at the time the worst defense in the NFL. Well, Dak is so, a pretty average quarterback, and so now that he doesn't have his receivers with Witten or Bryant, I, I think he's getting exposed here. But, Boomer, yeah. you are at the game a couple weeks ago, I believe, in Dallas, and, you know, w- with all this talk of Jason Garrett and how bad he is, you know, did you get a sense of, of how Cowboys fans thought of the head coach there? And, you know, are, are, are most of the fans rooting for him to be fired? Do they think he's good enough? And... What are their opinions on Dak? What, what's your feel for the fan base? So, for me, I think that most people know what Jason Garrett is if you're a Cowboys fan, and that's just a puppet for Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is really the coach, and Jason Garrett really doesn't do anything besides delegate whatever Jerry uh, what Jones wants. Um, so I don't think he's going to get fired because I, I don't think Jerry Jones in his old age uh, wants to start over with a new coach, especially unless it's going to be some like young offensive person who uh, is wanting to take the and, you know, has so much to learn and stuff like that. He'll still listen to Jerry a little bit. He's not going to sign a veteran coach or anything like that. So I think Garrett stays. I think everybody in Cowboys know that that's how it is. Uh, the, the thing is, is I've been saying forever, even when Dak, his first year was playing unreal, I said you should play Tony Romo. That's your best chance at the Super Bowl. They were stupid for not trying it. Uh, I think I think that would have been Tony Romo would have lit up teams because their, their offense was so good that year. He's just so much better player than Dak will ever be. Um, so I, I think p- the people are up and down with Dak. And this is what I'll say right now. Cowboys at home are a complete different team. So I'm going to take the Cowboys plus two and a half. That's the only place they've won any games all, all year. It's the only games they actually look decent. I know they looked okay. Houston was killing them. I don't know how Houston didn't win by more than what they did, mostly because Bill O'Brien ran some stupid shit on the goal line. Uh, but the Cowboys are just a complete different team at home. I would just take the Cowboys plus the points at home just because they seem to come alive there. I, I watched it in person and saw it. Um, that's the only time they played good, really. So that's that's what I would take it. They're at home, and that's the only time I bet on the Cowboys this year is when they're at home. Now, I always thought that the Cowboys had a below-average home field with, with Jerry World and it being so huge and not being a good, you know, experience for or not, not generating a whole lot of noise for the road team. But open question, and, and this is just kind of a, ta- a side tangent. If Sean McVay was a free agent, 
and all these teams can bid on him without it counting towards the cap, how much money does he get paid? I mean, do the Cowboys make an offer for him and, and just flip him like a $30 million check? Give me a number. No, I don't. I don't think the Cowboys would. I really don't think Jerry Jones wants to give up the power that he has. And somebody like Sean McVay has to do what he wants for it to work. Just like Sean Payton, he he has to have the power to do whatever he wants on the offensive side and, and get in the personnel he wants. Um, I get because he's he's done it before. We've hired good coaches, and you know, like Jimmy Johnson. Look, they just fought, you know, because Jerry Jones wanted all the credit when Jimmy was the one doing everything, and you know, it just doesn't work out. So I think he knows what he is, and he's. I think he's close to being done with football. You know, next five six years, I think he's going to be too old to do it, and his son's going to take over, and that's when you'll see the changes. And then if somebody like Sean McVay was on the market, I could see them paying a ton of money uh, to reestablish the Cowboy brand name and championship caliber team. And I think Sean McVay in Buffalo, no other team in Buffalo, I think he could elevate. He would find a way to elevate Josh Allen, and maybe they could I, score about 20 would, points a game. What do you think? Oh, I would, I would bet on that for sure. I think he could. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just a, just a fun little hypothetical there. Three games left for us. We've got picks in let's, all of them. Next, um, let's let's move through these ones kind of quick. we got about, I think, 15 minutes yep. left. We'll roll through them. We'll roll through these. Ravens, minus 2.5 in Tennessee. 41.5 is the total. I've only got a lean here. I'm leaning towards Baltimore, but I don't like laying the 2.5 on the road, and I don't like that this is Baltimore's third consecutive road game and also being off of a loss. So just very quickly, um, Boomer, why don't you start? What do you think? Well, as I said last week, I'm done with the Titans. I'm off them. I can't bet against them. I can't bet on them. It never works out. They're a team that is out the window. I don't care about their line. I don't care about their game. I'm not touching it the rest of the year. Screw the Tennessee Titans. That's my thought. I'm with Boomer on that. I'm staying away for sure. I think they just play – they can play really well, as we saw with the Eagles, and they can just get to the bottom like their opponent, as we saw with the Bills. I'm staying away. I think anything can happen in Nashville this weekend. Yep, I think from a betting perspective, this is a, a 10-foot pole game. I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. I also think it's one of the most boring games on the slate, so let's get the hell out of there. Next, we have yeah. Chiefs at the Patriots. Patriots are 3.5. 59 is the total. You know everyone's going to be watching this game to see how – Belichick can scheme against Mahomes. Now, Chiefs are off a win, 30-14 to 14 against Jacksonville, and they continue to give up yards in bunches. The Chiefs are 30th in opposing yards per play, so the back door is always wide open in Chiefs games. And I actually like the Patriots here. I'm going to take the Patriots, laying three and a half, and I think if you give Bill Belichick 10 days to prep for a rookie quarterback, I love that spot. I love that the Patriots have Gronk back. They have Josh Gordon being worked into the mix. So definitely taking the Patriots here, lane three and a half. Yeah, I'm expecting this game to be a shootout. Uh, I think I saw the total was at 60, which just blew me away. Um, wow, that's a college total. I actually, yeah, I know. I would uh, I would actually lean Chiefs plus three and a half here. Um I've still got faith in Mahomes, obviously. Um, did throw the two picks, but even so, got himself a rushing touchdown. I'm I'm not moving off the Chiefs until I'm forced to, and it might cost me. But uh, yeah, I'm going KC. 
Are you worried about the 10 days of, of preparation that Belichick has there? You know, I guess so. But the thing is, is you can make anything, uh, you know, Belichick is such a great mind and a great coach that he can do anything on a, a short week, a long week. He can make anything swing in his favor. So I'm just sort of cutting that detail out. <laughs> sure. At three and a half, is there any value on the Chiefs, Boomer? Yeah, so for me, my thing is that this is the time of year that where the Patriots start to click. Everything starts to work out for them. Um, but also, the Chiefs and Andy Reid have had the Patriots number of late. And they and my thing is, is I don't think I can touch the point spread because I don't know what's going to happen. I think it is going to be a shootout, even though the line is at 59.5 for me. I'm going to take the over. The Chiefs. Chiefs defense is terrible, and even though they had a good last week, that means they're due to have another bad week. Patriots offense with Julian Edelman back, Gronk healthy, Gordon healthy, uh, even Philip Dorsett's having a decent year. Uh, I think that the Patriots march up and down the field. I think the Chiefs do it back to them up and down the field. I think it's going to come down to maybe a last possession, so somebody might end up winning by a touchdown because of that. I don't know which way it's going to happen, but I think it goes over the 60. I think it's an unbelievable, exciting game. I think it's a game people are going to talk about for weeks to come, maybe the best game of the year because everybody wants offense. They don't care about defense. And it's just going to be kind of like I feel like like the uh, Rams versus the Vikings where they just march up and down the field, and it was fun as hell to watch, and I think that's how this game's going to be. And people are going to be in love with Mahomes, and people are going to see that Brady is still just as great at 41 as he was at whatever age. And so I just think it's going to be a great game, and I'd have to go with the over if I'm going to bet anything in it. Right. So over 60, but 57 yep. and a half is too high. Buck Falcons, all right, that's fine. No, no but I, I agree. I think this is going to be the one of the most watched games to date in the NFL. Can't wait to watch it. Again, liking the Patriots there. Last we have Monday Night Football. 49ers at Green Bay at the Packers. Packers are 9.5 at home, and the total is 46.5. And And I think this is going to crush the books if the Packers win. I'm looking at the screen now. 99% of the money is on the Packers. I think if you like Green Bay, go ahead and take them now. It's going to move up to 10 by kickoff, If, uh, in my opinion. Now, Packers are off a loss in Detroit, and so looking for a bounce-back spot here. And the 49ers, without Jimmy G, they've won just one game. So they, they've looked horrible without him. I think their roster is bottom 10 if you look at, you know, excluding the quarterback. And my, my big thing with San Francisco is I worry about their motivation. I don't know how motivated they can be when the whole offseason, everyone is promising them they can make the playoffs provided that they have Jimmy G and now you take him off the roster and CJ Bathard goes in there and stinks it up. So I'm not touching this game either. The spread's too high for me. Gun to my head. I'm taking green Bay at home against a pretty mediocre backup quarterback, but I'm not going to touch it. Boomer, can you touch this game at all? No, because I also think that the Packers are a bottom 10 team without their quarterback. I just don't think they're very good. Yep. And Aaron hasn't Aaron hasn't been playing that good. I said at the beginning of the year in my other podcast that we don't do anymore when we did the power rankings that I thought the Green Bay Packers, even with Aaron Rodgers this year, would be middle of the pack. And they're showing me exactly what I thought they would be. Um, he just – and him and McCarthy aren't getting along. There's all kinds of drama in that, you know, that team right now. Um, 
and for some reason, San Fran, though, even with Jimmy out, I mean, they've still been able to move the ball. It's whether they're going to be able to stop Aaron Rodgers or not. You know, Rodgers is probably going to have a good game because he was terrible last week. So they're going to have a bounce back game and they'll probably end up covering, but there's no way that I'm touching it. What about you, Paul? Yeah, I'm on the Packers here. Um, San Francisco's given wow. up a ton of points, 29 points per game. It's, you know, it's sort of a uh, an easy, no, I wouldn't say an easy pick. It's, it's for maybe safe or just favorable. I guess I'm in the 99% is all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I think Rodgers and company rebound. I was really surprised by their first half in Detroit. I think they got to right the ship. And uh, San Francisco's just got a ton of injuries. Obviously, McKinnon out before the season started. Jimmy G. You know, I feel bad, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Green Bay minus nine and a half. Uh, I think they get it done in dry time at Lambeau. All right. I think that does it for our NFL picks. Hopefully we found some winners for everybody. Boomer, I think you had a few college games you wanted to touch on before we get out of here. Yeah, I do want to touch on some college football. So this weekend I found a lot of games that I like. I'll just go break down a couple that I like. Um, Something that I'm going to say that's crazy. Maybe people other places in the country don't get it. Iowa is right next to Nebraska. Iowa hates Nebraska. Um, But they're playing Northwestern. Nebraska hasn't won a game yet this year. Their first game of the year that they probably would have won got canceled due to the lightning and storms and stuff. But they're going on the road against Northwestern. This is nuts. I'm not I'm not saying bet this, but I, this is my personal belief. I think Nebraska finally gets their first win at Northwestern this weekend, uh, which is crazy because it's on the road, and Northwestern isn't that bad of a team. But they just had a big win. I think Nebraska comes in. Uh, and surprises some people and gets the first win. Now, games that I really like this weekend, there's three games I really like. My favorite of the week, can't give it the Boomer Guarantee because I've heard tons of money came in on on Michigan by the Sharps at minus seven, but the line is all the way up to plus nine now. It could hit plus ten on Wisconsin. Wisconsin is way too good of a team to be getting plus nine versus a Michigan team who has not been consistent all year. So I love Wisconsin plus nine versus Michigan. Another one, um, we're, we live here in Iowa. A couple of tornadoes, cyclones, if you want to call them, <laughs> touchdown this week. Iowa State's playing West Virginia at home. I'm sorry, but the storm is canceled. West Virginia is going to come in and light Iowa State up. They're all hyped up on their new freshman quarterback, Rock Purdy, who came into the game, had a great last uh, weekend. He had 400 yards, five touchdowns, four passing, one rushing. But you're playing a great West Virginia team who's coming in, didn't play that great at Kansas, needs this win, has a very good chance of winning out and going to the playoffs. Minus six and a half. They win by at least a touchdown, if not more. Rock Purdy might end up having a pretty good game because West Virginia's defense isn't very good. But Will Greer and David Sills, two preseason All-Americans, going to get it in, going to get the victory at Iowa State. Also, another undefeated team, Colorado plus seven, going to USC. Colorado hasn't lost yet, even though they played cupcake teams. But I think they they come in, they beat USC. I almost might do the money line plus seven because it's going to be so much value. USC is not that good. Todd Helton, uh, Clay Helton, sorry, is not a good coach. He should be fired. So that's, I'm going with Colorado plus seven. 
Um, another big game, I'm, I'm not sure who's going to win, but it's just another big game to watch since you guys aren't college football fans, is Oregon versus Washington, a Pac-12 matchup and Pac-12 North. Both really good teams. going to be a really fun game to watch. So if you can get to a television and watch that, do it. And I think Indiana plus five and a half versus Iowa at home is a, is a great value bet. Iowa is not that good of a team, even though they've only had one loss and it was against Wisconsin. And Oklahoma State, I see a bounce back minus six and a half versus K-State. They've had two bad games due to due to get on fire. K-State's terrible. And under Florida Vandy, get on it. There's, neither one of these teams is good offensively. 50 and a half is a ton, even though it's a college football game. And that, uh, if you watch Lock It In on FS1, Clay Helton's blood bank pick of the week is UFC minus four and a half. I'm not that high on it, but I just figured we'd throw it in there because I think it's hilarious. It's kind of like his boomer guarantee, but my best three, West Virginia over Iowa State minus six and a half. Whiskey plus nine, Colorado plus seven. Take it to the bank, people. This is where only thing I've been doing good at, so. <laughs> but also, we have to give our pick five for the podcast. Bet the Board podcast. Uh, I know we already talked about, but hurry up, give your give your five that you like, Cam, and then I'll give my five, and we'll we'll get out of here. Very quickly, my five for the Bet the Board podcast contest: Pittsburgh plus two and a half, Seattle minus two and a half in London, Carolina plus half in Washington, Jacksonville laying two and a half in Dallas, and New England laying three and a half on Sunday Night Football hosting Kansas City. And for me, if you want to fade me, I get it. I'm ice cold in the NFL. But for me, I got Philly minus two and a half versus the Giants on Thursday night football tomorrow. I got the Chargers minus one and a half versus the Browns. I got Indy plus two and a half versus the Jets. Carolina plus half a point versus Washington. And Baltimore minus two and a half versus Tennessee. I know I don't I won't actually really bet on Baltimore because I can't bet on the Tennessee thing, but in a pick 'em, it don't cost me nothing and I'm doing terrible. So I'm kinda of going against my gut on this. And that is my pick five. Save me if you want, because that's the way it's coming out. <laughs> and then, Paul, if you had a game that that you wanted to call your best, yeah, your bet. favorite gamer, yeah. My my, I'll give you two. My favorites are Giants plus three and Buffalo plus nine and a half. All right, so we got to pick on Thursday night football. Can't wait. Yep. So also uh, this Saturday, like I said, college football going to crack a beer. Tons of good games. Um, I feel like you guys need to get in and get to the get start watching college football. I think it's fun as hell to watch. It's crazy. It's game swings like you wouldn't believe. It's not like the NFL. Um, but I think you should start. Uh, but if there's anything else you want to do, uh, I think, Paul, you're new to ProSportsExtra.com, so he's going to be putting up articles pretty soon. Uh, you can go check out the Boomers Top 25 in college football. I put it out weekly of who I think is the top 25 teams in the nation. It is not anything like the AP poll. Uh, maybe some teams are close, but it's not – It's trust me, it's not close. It's who I think is the best. I don't go anything by the AP. And then Cam has some articles as well. If you like what you hear – or if you don't like what you hear, if you're fading us, if you're following us, go on Twitter. Let us let us know what you're doing. You can find Cameron at Cameron. I call him Cameron. I know his name is Cameron, <laughs> but I call him Cameron. It's Cameron Covers. 
And then you can find me at Live with Boomer. We'll have to work on getting Paul into the Twitter world so he can put some pics out so people can follow him. They can holler back at him, get him back on the podcast uh, as often as we can. We don't know where Jared went. He, poof, gone, disappeared. So it looks like Paul might be a new addition to the podcast. Thanks for coming out, you guys. Anything else you got to add? No, enjoy the uh, game, guys. Cool. Enjoy I the got, game. Yeah. I am getting a little more into college football lately. I uh, was 2-5, and five, but I did win the noon game, so it was a hot start. I was uh, on Northwestern in Texas, um, and we'll see what happens this week. I kind of like the Oregon money line. Nice. I like it. All right. Well, thanks a lot again, and we'll see you all in the future. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace out.